Hello there, my little crumb cakes. Hey, it sounds sweet. I'm calling you a confection. That sounds pretty good, right? This is Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. You probably noticed by now the electric theme song that's going on at the beginning of this, and that's because I am home visiting New Jersey. So, number one, hence the title of the show, I am home, and I'm doing this episode alone because I don't really want to go pulling from the corral of my fellow podcasters because I'll be doing plenty of episodes with them during the remainder of my time home, so don't want to really bug them too much. But there is quite a bit to talk about, so it's going to be me again. This may be occasional. I think I said that in the first episode or so, that I might be doing these shows by myself on occasion, which is fine. I hope you enjoy them, of course. Feel free to tell me if you don't, (laughs) or if you do. I'd love to hear that, because this kind of monologuing thing is fairly new. You know what it is? It's kind of like being a DJ, maybe the overnight DJ type who's just sitting there talking into a mic in between playing more than a feeling or uh, or maybe something a little more laid back since it's the middle of the night. Anyway, I didn't want to bug everybody else and say, hey, come on, do an episode of my show with me. They'll all probably do an episode of the show with me or several down the line. But for right now, I'm not going to bother them during this particular trip, which while we're talking about the only podcast that matters, please be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and give us a rating and a review. There's a lot of really funny stuff actually coming <laughs> coming your way because we have already recorded a couple of shows since I've been home and it's it's going to be good stuff. It always is, but this is good stuff that I'm in, so I'm at least a little biased. But anyway, iTunes, BlackBerry Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Beyond Pod, tons of apps. And of course, the home at theonlypodcast.com. Please check that out. And subscribe on iTunes to... This show, Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment. Oh, and by the way, the whole thing with the theme song, because I said when the show kicked off that an official theme song is on the way, in as much as it was written, it just pretty much needs to be recorded and need to grab a couple of other musicians to go in and knock it out. It looks like we will be re-recording the theme song for the only podcast that matters as well. So, frankly, it's something that'll probably happen in the next couple months. <laughs> In as much as this show isn't as frequent, there's not urgency. But then again, no one's giving me any crap for, hey, why do you have something different playing at the beginning of every episode? Nobody seems to really notice or care. (laughs) But there will be definitely a theme song here and an update to the only podcast that matters theme song because, hey, it's going to be kicking off its fourth year. Can't believe it's been almost four years. Actually, in about a month or so, at the end of June, that'll be the three-year anniversary from the day we recorded our first ever show almost three years that I've been doing podcasts. It's kind of crazy just because it doesn't seem like that long, but you know what? It's been fun. I enjoy doing it so much so that I need to have another show. A few things about actually traveling home just because it wasn't bad, but it's the first time I've flown home for a visit in quite a while. or just been on a plane period. The last time I was on a plane was November, 2011, but the last couple of trips I've driven, (laughs) which have been It still kind of boggles my mind that I can leave California or New Jersey and arrive in the other state in the same day since I've taken four days to drive either way on multiple occasions, and many of them have been recent. So I do like the fact that I can hop on a plane. I'm always so fascinated by it. It probably sounds strange, and yeah, flight has been, commercial flights have been available for well before my lifetime began, but it's still fascinating to me that you can just 
get on a plane and six hours later you are on the other side of the country. But actually, <laughs> concerning my flight from California to New Jersey just last week, it really didn't turn out that way. Uh, long story short, because I tend to keep stories long, but I'll try to abbreviate this one as much as possible. The flight going west to east had a layover in Dallas, and no big deal. It was about a two and a half hour layover, which is fine. Enough time to grab a bite to eat and stretch out. I mean, I'm six feet tall, so thankfully <laughs> I had a seat on the aisle on actually all three of my flights, the two going east and then the one returning west uh, that I'll be taking next week. But still, it's nice to actually get up and stretch out and walk around and eat something because you don't get food on the plane anymore. Oh, sure, you can buy it from this <laughs> very eclectic and bizarre menu of things you probably wouldn't buy unless you were trapped on an airplane for a few hours. Anyway, flew out of LAX, had the layover in Dallas, which was supposed to be, like I said, about two and a half hours. Ended up getting delayed by about another four hours <laughs> because the plane, the physical plane, that was going from Dallas to Newark was coming from North Carolina and there were storms in the South and this plane actually had to land in Austin until it was clear enough for it to take off again and land in Dallas. And then of course, everybody who was on that plane had to exit the plane and then they clean it for a half hour and then load everyone on. So I was supposed to land at about quarter to midnight on Saturday and ended up landing at well after two in the morning or so. And <laughs> Actually, Corey and Jack, who you may know from the big show, picked me up, which was great. It was too late to go anywhere to eat. We ended up just stopping at Wawa to pick up a sub and something to drink because I was able to eat at a Chili's, which was such a relief that Dallas Airport actually had places to sit and eat, and it wasn't just a walk-up window to grab something because, frankly, when I left LAX, I thought, oh, let me grab something somewhat substantial because I didn't have any food in my apartment because I knew I was going to be flying home for 12 days. So I wanted to basically clean out the refrigerator, and I didn't want to leave any milk behind or anything like that. So I just kind of, I think I had a yogurt or something before I left. Now I can't even remember. But then I thought, I'll grab something in the terminal before I board the plane. And I ended up buying this $12 sandwich that was that was this chicken salad concoction. But 12 bucks, $12 for a friggin' sandwich. But again, you're in the terminal at the airport, and... You have no choice. <laughs> That's all that was available, though, actually, in the American Airlines terminal. I think there was a Starbucks, but I didn't exactly want to grab a scone or something. I needed something a bit more substantial. Knowing I was going to be eating in a few hours, I thought, okay, well, let me at least put something into my system. Because just being trapped on that tube for about three hours or so, I think it was three and a half to Dallas. But you're hungry, and you're <laughs> less than comfortable because, of course, I'm in the rear of the plane with the cattle, a.k.a. coach. So I wanted to at least have something in my stomach so I might be a little less irritable. But yeah, I ended up going with this chicken salad sandwich because the only other sandwich alternative they had was a veggie something or other, and that wasn't going to get it done for me. And then there was a turkey and goat cheese sandwich, which ugh, I love cheese. It's one of my dietary vices, let's say, but goat cheese is just gross. Ugh, I, no, it, it's, it tastes like a goat smells. Take the worst smelling goat you've ever been around if you've been to a petting zoo or something like that. And to me, that's what goat cheese tastes like. It's dreadful. So there's no way in hell I was paying $12 for that, even though I like turkey. <laughs> so I ended up going with this chicken salad affair for $12. Skyway robbery. That's what that is. Ooh, I should copyright that. That's actually pretty good. Anyway, so landed here and uh, in Newark, I should say. In case here is normally Los Angeles. But again, New Jersey this time. 
got home closer to 4 a.m., which is another story as to why it took so long to get home, which I'm sure will get discussed at some point. But I'm going to I'd rather discuss it with Corey and Jack, frankly, which will probably pop up on an episode of the only podcast that matters in the future. It's not that long a story, but eh, whatever. I've already talked about it too much. <laughs> but they dropped me at home at home. I should say my parents house. And they were more or less awake. I think my father was in bed. My mother was watching TV just waiting for me. Of course, I called home several times while I'm sitting in the airport because there was a gradual layover, not knowing what was going on with the storm and when the plane was going to get to Dallas before it was grounded in Austin. So my mother, being a mom, stayed up, of course, and was sitting there and just watching TV and all that when I walked in. And then chatted with my parents for about an hour and didn't go to bed till about 5 a.m., which is fine because that's 2 a.m. Pacific time. So not too unreasonable especially considering that I was home for uh, pretty much vacation, let's say. But, man, I was so overtired. And I guess a combination of just being tired and jet-lagged, because I'd only slept maybe three hours or so before my sister came, picked me up, and dropped me off at LAX the day before. I slept for 11 straight hours, which never happens. I I never do that. (laughs) As much as I might sleep late and, and all that, especially worse when I'm on the East Coast because the time zone is not in my favor. But I slept for 11 hours. It was ridiculous. Woke up at 4 in the afternoon, which I was kind of surprised nobody woke me up, which, of course, my mom and dad knew, well, you were probably jet-lagged and overtired and all that other stuff. And I don't know what it is about flying and just the inertia of sitting in a seat for several hours. That just wears you out. (laughs) And like I said, it's been a while, a year and a half or so since I last flew. But I don't remember ever being jet-lagged like this. Just the whole day, I was a zombie. And we actually got together on Sunday night to record some episodes of The Only Podcast That Matters. And I'm so worried that, like, oh, I'm so dopey. And, uh, in fact, when I got to Ryan's house where we record the show, Corey was sitting on the couch watching TV when Jack and I walked in because we'd gotten together to go grab some lunch and all that and just kind of hang out a little bit. Grease the wheels, let's say, the conversational wheels before we did the show. And uh, walked in the house and Corey said, well, you, you look terrible. And I did because I felt terrible, but I got some caffeine in me and the shows ended up being pretty funny. So thankfully I got my alertness back before the mics were running. So that was a relief. Anyway, yeah, lots of funny stuff coming up on the only podcast that matters. So like I said, subscribe and listen and ooh, SoundCloud too. soundcloud.com slash the only podcast. Check out some clips on there. And if you enjoy that, go check out the full show on any number of resources. All right. So this is the first time I'm visiting, and and this just occurred to me, but it's the first time I'm visiting since moving back to California, which means all my stuff is now 3,000 miles away, and I had to bring, to not quote too heavily from George Carlin's classic routine, but I had to take a smaller version of my stuff back to New Jersey with me, which meant I spent over an hour, maybe even two, loading up my iPod with all sorts of things. Several episodes of the podcast I listened to, about 20 audiobooks. I started prioritizing artists where it's, well, am am I going to listen to the Cranberries during the next 12 days? Well, I might, so I better leave a couple songs on here, but uh, I don't know. I did just get the CD from Gravedigger. There's There's a wide range for you, right? So yeah, okay. Gravedigger stays on there then, and Squirt Gun goes on there. Squirt Gun Live City, so that means something else needs to come off. Uh, all right, let me trim Queen Strike down a little bit. It's just a really, really stupid process. And uh, here's how ridiculous I was about it, that all those CDs, pretty much all in New Jersey. Because since all my music is backed up on a secondary hard drive in my computer tower, 
All the CDs are still at my parents' house, frankly, except for anything I've bought in the last few months that resides in my apartment in California. So really didn't have to bother with it too much because as used to the iPod as I am, and I'll kind of get to that whole uh, technological dependency in a second, but as <laughs> I'm so used to the iPod that I'm forgetting, oh yeah, I can just take the CD and pop it in the stereo in the car if I want to listen to something in particular. I don't need to have everything on this little device. And yeah, it's, as I was saying, when it comes to my dependence on technology, I'm, I've always been conflicted about it in as much as I love technology and I love having a smartphone and an iPod and all this other stuff. But at the same time, I don't like how reliant I am on it, especially when you leave the house without the cell phone. Say you're going to work or something like that. And I think everyone's experienced this and you leave without your cell phone for whatever reason. And you're in a panic all day because you don't have your phone on you. Oh my God, people are texting me. And uh, what if I do get a call? What if it is an emergency? And of course, those things never happen or they rarely happen. They've certainly never happened to me where it's been anything too timely where it's, hey, you didn't have your cell phone. You didn't answer me all day. And same thing. I just completely was so iPod minded. I forgot that I've the overwhelming majority of my thousands of CDs uh, where I'm going to be staying. So I could just kind of grab those. And it's not as if I'm going to listen to everything in one trip anyway. Oh, well, <laughs> that was a little uh, ridiculous of me, but whatever. You know what? Audiobooks and podcasts were on there. And uh, that was, I was happier to have those since aside from obviously could always log on to iTunes and get some new episodes of podcasts, but there were some things I wanted to catch up on. So Along with the audiobooks. So there we go. And they came in really handy on the plane when they're, I forgot the movies they were showing. They're really lousy though. They're things I had no interest in. Actually, that's, that's a good transition into, speaking of lousy movies, I went to see Star Trek Into Darkness, which if you listened to the show a couple weeks ago and I kind of rounded up the movies that were coming out this summer and pretty much listed the handful that I'm interested in, I mentioned that I was finally sold on that when the last trailer came out about a month or so ago. And now, first of all, I was really interested in it because Benedict Cumberbatch, who, sure enough, just as I expected, stomps all over the rest of the cast when it comes to acting. He's just so good. And actually, I got into him because of watching Sherlock, which uh, Corey turned me on to and said, you should really check this out. You're going to like it. I think you're going to dig the show. And I kind of put it off for a few weeks and finally sat down and watched it and I love it. He's great. And so is Martin Freeman. Actually, everybody in the BBC Sherlock is awesome. I really, really enjoy the show. And in the new movie, Simon Pegg, thankfully has some more screen time. I'm a big fan of his. And thankfully we get a little more of him and his kind of goofy, uh, somewhat aloof Scotty. Now I wasn't into the reboot from four years ago. I'm the only person I know who wasn't crazy about that. And that's fine. I gave it a chance. I wanted to see it. Watched it with some friends, didn't get into it, whatever. And that's part of the reason I was apprehensive about this new one, because I thought, ah, I didn't really like the last one. I don't know if I'll be into this new one, but I thought, well, the action looks cool. So, all right, I'll give it a chance. If I'm going to see it, it's a big movie. I'm going to go see it in the theater. And that may have been part of the reason I maybe enjoyed the first one a little less. I was willing to grant that. A movie like this should be seen in the theater. Because I live in close proximity to so many IMAX screens, about four of them are within 12 miles of me, I figured, well, it's playing an IMAX, so let me go see it in IMAX 3D. Of course, the 3D was pretty unnecessary. <laughs> it didn't really pop out except for one chasing towards the end, which is on a spaceship going through the town. I don't think I'm spoiling anything by mentioning that, but <laughs> going through uh, the city, there's a big chase near the end of the movie. That's the only time the 3D really popped for me. And IMAX was, it, it didn't really 
serve it, I thought. It wasn't as distracting, I don't think, as something like The Dark Knight Rises, which had the constantly shifting aspect ratios, which was more annoying on Blu-ray, but that's another... And actually, that's a future episode of the only podcast that matters as well. But more than anything else, the lens flares got on my nerves so much. It's just so unnecessary. And I realize that it's probably a signature thing as far as J.J. Abrams goes. It's kind of a director's signature. But, oh, they're so distracting and so huge in IMAX that it was... That that was probably the only thing 3D about the entire movie was the fact that you got these giant lens flares in your faces. Anyway... No, I didn't enjoy the movie, is what it comes down to. Uh, it wasn't a waste. I'm not sorry that I went to see it, but I just, you know what? I officially don't get Star Trek. I've seen some of the old movies, and I do pretty much agree with the even number theory when it comes to <laughs> which ones are good or, or which ones are certainly superior, but it's just so goofy. I can't help I watch it and I just think, why is why is everything just so melodramatic in this? It just didn't, I don't know. I mean, yes, I know it's fiction. And look, I have nothing against movies that are based entirely in fiction. I love the Harry Potter movies. I love the first three Lord of the Rings movies. The Hobbit was enjoyable, just didn't have the same uh, swept away kind of effect <laughs> that the Lord of the Rings movies had, at least on me. But I, I just don't get how people can get so into Star Trek or Star Wars, and that's fine. I'm willing to accept that I don't get it. I don't have a problem with it. I'm not saying it shouldn't exist. It's not like the Jersey Shore, which is thankfully gone. But you know what I mean. It's not something that I think should be wiped away from existence. No, that's fine. It's just, And that's fine. I don't get it. I don't get the fandom with Star Trek. I don't get Star Wars. I don't get Seinfeld. <laughs> There's just a bunch of things I, I just don't get for whatever reason. And I'm fine with it. But some people have serious problems with the fact that I don't enjoy it, like... Jack, specifically. And because he was picking me up at the airport, he said, we're going to debate about Star Trek in the darkness when, when I'm driving you home. And I was already so tired and worn out. Thankfully, I stopped and, like I said, ate a sandwich, so I felt a little bit better. I don't know. I just can't get so uptight about if somebody else doesn't have the same opinion on a movie that I do. It's really just not that big a deal to me. And I love, as I said in another recent show, I love The Heat. I saw that a few weeks ago. I can't wait till it comes out next month. Definitely going to go see it again and pay to see it. I saw it for free the first time. I'm still going to pay to go see it at least once more, maybe twice. And I understand that my friends probably won't like it as much as I did, but I love buddy cop movies. I love Sandra Bullock. I love Melissa McCarthy. So that's a movie that is within the the wheelhouse of my taste, if that's such a thing. But that that's a movie that I can see is is for me. That's a movie that I can get into. Stuff like Star Trek, I don't know. It just doesn't resonate with me. Whatever, we ended up debating about it for a while, and it's, <laughs> Jack loved it. It's favorite movie of the summer and all that so far, which it may very well stay that way, depending on how many more movies the, <laughs> yeah, how many more movies The Rock is going to be in. Because, man, you know what? Had I known The Rock was going to be so huge in movies, I would have invested in Baby Oil years ago, because that's all you see in these trailers with him. It's just he's got these shiny-ass arms. And, hey, that's fine. He's got huge arms, obviously. He's massively muscular. I understand it. I'm just saying that had I known he was going to be so huge in movies that, uh, well, I would have probably paid to invest in Johnson & Johnson a few years ago. All right. So to move on to something very different, although every comedian for decades has had a bit about how, oh, New York's nothing like L.A. and that and that whole thing. There are absolute comparisons to be made when it comes to certain things. Frankly, I'm still getting grief. Not heavily, but some people just saying, oh, you just don't want to live in New Jersey, huh? You just rather be in California? Yes. 
I would. <laughs> and the big bush has been the weather. When I landed this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, it was 43 degrees. It was 2 in the morning, but still, 43 degrees Memorial Day weekend. Just The, the weather is so schizophrenic in New Jersey, and that's nothing new. But you know what? I've also lived in New Jersey for altogether about 28 years of my life, so it's not as if I moved here for a few months and gave it a chance and said, eh, that's it, just not working out. <laughs> From New Jersey, lived there most of my life. So yeah, I'm fine with being in the perpetual summer that is Southern California. Nothing wrong with it. And you know what? If the entertainment industry was based in another part of the country, then I'd probably be there and have to stand the weather. <laughs> Alas, it's in Southern California, so that's where I am. But anyway, comparisons. Uh, one of the interesting things is how pedestrians move. Just driving around the last couple of days and through some areas where there actually is some foot traffic mixed in with automobile traffic, I've noticed that in general, it seems, and I think this is a fair stereotype, people on the East Coast move faster overall. Maybe not in New York City, but it's crowded, so it's kind of hard to move fast. But let's say through certain places in New Jersey like Red Bank, which has a kind of a downtown area with shops and a lot of, let's say, mom and pop stores and all that, which I was driving through the other day. And there are you know, people out on a holiday weekend, out and about uh, eating or shopping or whatever. And I've noticed the pedestrians, when they're crossing the street, move like they're going somewhere. California, not so much. And I was a pedestrian here for the first year and a half I lived out here, actually, back in, in 2006. I didn't have my car with me. I didn't bring it with me because I lived a half mile from school. So it was okay to just have to walk it every day. But in a place like Hollywood, it's different because it's also loaded with tourists. And frankly, there are more people on foot than in cars. But if there's a huge crowd of people crossing the street, they're going to move at a certain pace and they're not going to move out of the way. In an area like that, pedestrians dominate. But in around where I live which is on the other side of the Hollywood Hills and around the Sherman Oaks, North Hollywood area, it's not so much crowded in as much as there aren't a lot of pedestrians. There are definitely more cars, but people still take their time crossing the street. And if there's a car waiting, let's say to turn right on a red light and the pedestrians do have the right of way, the people are just still kind of strolling along, not in any rush. Even if there's one of them and there's a whole line of cars waiting to turn right on that red, then it's still, well, they're not in a hurry. I do actually make the point of stepping it up a little bit because I know there are cars waiting. I know it's like to be that car. So I say, all right, well, let me walk a little faster to get out of the way. So this, I mean, this is a city where there's a traffic problem. Let's keep cars moving, <laughs> even though I'm not one of the people driving right now. Let's keep things moving along. But eh, not so much. At least in New Jersey, and people are walking around and there are cars. There's, there's automotive traffic aside from people traffic. Yep. They're moving a little bit faster. They're trying to get across the street. They want to get out of the way of the cars. It's just funny that it's so different. And actually, it's funny too how anytime there are pedestrians, let's say a family is out or there are children among adults, the kids are always running because they want to get across the street and the parents are always just strolling and telling the kids to slow down all that. So at some point, adults make the decision that they're just going to move slowly and not get out of the way of cars, which is a little ridiculous. But hey, all I'm saying is, if you're in California or if you're in an area in general where there's pedestrians mixed with traffic and there's known to be traffic in that particular area where you live, just move along a little bit faster so the cars can keep moving. Nobody likes sitting in traffic. And if it's not you, you can still be aware of 
<laughs> let's say the, the karmic chance of it being you and some slow person won't move their ass and get across the street. So just move a little bit faster if you're a pedestrian. Please, please keep things moving in general. Move like you're going somewhere, damn it. Actually, that reminds me of another bit. Forgive the repetition of the, oh, actually, or ooh, I have another thought kind of things. Because these are essentially not so much random thoughts, but as I said, I made notes of a few things I wanted to talk about. But this is kind of the an episode like this where I'm sitting and it's just me talking. It's kind of the audio equivalent of the rants blog that I used to do. Um, and it's still active. I'm just not posting every Monday like I used to, which if you go to the only podcast.com, go to the words menu and click rants. I did over a hundred weekly blogs every Monday about various things. This is kind of the audio equivalent where something catches my attention and I would think, Hmm, that's interesting, but instead of writing it out, I'm kind of just talking about it or thinking out loud about it. So that's why these little thoughts kind of don't necessarily have a a particular through line. But once I start on something, it makes me think of something else. But there actually is a bit I probably am going to have every episode of the podcast experiment, and that is only in Los Angeles. I was driving past what I remember specifically because I stopped there one night. I remember it being a Wendy's, and it had a sign on it, draped the building was empty and was painted white, and had a sign draped over the one side saying, Starbucks coming soon, and yeah, I definitely think that's an only in Los Angeles kind of thing, because fast food chain closes so you can open a Starbucks, yeah, and it's funny too, because the volume of coffee shops that are out here, there's Starbucks, there's the coffee bean and tea leaf, and there's Pete's Coffee. So there are three chains, whereas a bunch of other areas, like in New Jersey right now, mainly just Starbucks, maybe a few kind of mom and pop coffee shops here and there, smaller places, but as far as chains go, the only one over here is Starbucks. In Los Angeles, there's plenty of them, so it's funny that a fast food restaurant is closing to make room for yet another Starbucks. That made me laugh, so I'm going to chalk that up to being only in Los Angeles. Okay, so in keeping with that theme of ranting, let's say, I'm going to talk about a few things I want to address as open-ended questions for the universe, if you're listening. Maybe somebody can provide some perspective, but I don't know. But Here are a few things that have kind of bothered me lately. First of all, it's summer. Everybody's, I mean, I wear t-shirts all year, but everybody's wearing the whatever t-shirts, but you see them if you go to the mall now. At the boardwalk in places like New Jersey, the Keep Calm shirts. Keep calm and Gangnam Style. Keep calm and coffee. I don't know what the hell it is. But there are all these different shirts with the Keep Calm and something or I'm not calm. The the shirts that are the opposite that are making fun of them saying like, I'm not calm or don't keep calm. Do something else. Aren't we over this yet? I don't know where the hell it started. And frankly, I I almost don't want to know. I usually try to be at least semi-educated about this stuff, but... I just, I don't know what it is, but just stop. It's oversaturation. I'm surprised it's not done with yet. Just, just forget it. The Keep Calm shirts, no, just just go away. That's it. Uh, another thing I've noticed lately, on Twitter, I've seen posts, hashtags, or in people's Twitter descriptions, because you kind of get on that chain, if you're on Twitter anyway, where you may click on someone's profile, if you see someone retweeted something, you may just look and say, oh, they have anything else interesting to say or who is this person or something or do I know them from whatever. And I've seen a lot of things lately where people posting about being fitness geeks, usually with a hashtag or maybe they'll have it in their description. Something about being a fitness geek. Weren't those people called athletes? 
did we need to trade the same? Like, it's funny how geek has become so common now, where everybody's a something geek. The term geek used to be reserved for marching band kids, kids who read comic books, or hey, just honor roll students. But now it just seems that geek is being applied to everything. And fitness and geek seems like too much of an oxymoron for me. I think it's weird that geek is now being used so freely that it almost takes away from it. It's it's almost becoming synonymous with living person because everybody's a geek for something. Some guys are geeks for their cars. Some people are geeks for golf. Some are kid geeks. <laughs> like super obsessive parents. <laughs> Should they be considered child geeks? Uh, it's it's funny that it's just become such a, a common term. Now geek is associated with everything. It's just, it, it's funny. I think it's a little unnecessary, though. Like I said, if you're athletic or you're a gym rat or something, just say so. Fitness geek. Whatever. Another note that actually hits home, quite literally, because I saw this in my apartment complex the other day, and it really it, it set me off on a, a tirade that <laughs> nobody could hear. I just went inside and wrote down, like, i got to remember to talk about this. What is the deal? And what's the deal? I'm turning into uh, you-know-who. But why is it people leave their trash on top of not full garbage cans? There was somebody who left an emptier, or maybe it was slightly full. I threw it out, so I should have made a mental note. But a coffee cup on top of one of the garbage cans in the back of the apartment complex. You couldn't just throw it in there. It's not as if the garbage was full and it's, well, whatever. Someone's going to have to take care of it. Seriously? Just throw it in the garbage. And you see it's all the time in stores. People leave particularly something like coffee cups just on top of a trash can rather than just throw it in the trash. If the trash is full, that's another thing. And I worked in stores for years and sometimes the trash is full and someone doesn't take notice of it or it's, it's somehow gone unattended. And yeah, people will leave garbage then on top of the can or around the can or whatever. So it gets picked up when somebody does empty the garbage. But damn it, people, throw your garbage away. Don't leave it around. Just oh, someone else will take care of it because you wouldn't do that in your apartment or in your house. I'm thinking because people live in this apartment complex. I'm sure you just don't leave coffee cups in the bathroom. Now, someone will throw it out. Well, I mean, maybe if you live with somebody, they will. But if you live alone, uh, it's going to be you anyway. Just throw it out. It's one of those things that... You wouldn't do it at home, so why are you doing it in public? Just to put it on somebody else? Just because you have so many things to do? Really, throw your trash out, people. That's Really, it's pointless for you to leave stuff behind for someone else. You created the garbage, you take care of it. One more California-centric thing, actually, while I'm, on the, <laughs> while I'm worked up in this, on this uh, tirade. At the grocery store the other day, I was in Vons, which is one of the grocery chains out in... I'm not sure if it goes beyond California, but it's a Safeway-owned store, so they're, they're a Safeway grocery stores as well and their Safeway products and one of them was a packaged cheese as I was floating through the dairy section I saw the blocks that are like three bucks there was uh, Monterey Jack and then next to it was Monterey Jill and it was 25% less fat than Monterey Jack does anybody else find it funny that they had to feminize the name to emphasize less fat here we go again, but it's one of those things that's constant fodder for comedians. And some people pointed out with terrific accuracy, but if a guy gets fat, let's take the classic example of, let's say, the high school football player, high school cheerleader. He puts on weight. It's, oh, he's getting older. But she puts on weight. Even she's spit out a couple of kids at that point. Let's say he's 40. He's got a beer gut. Eh, whatever. He's getting older. She's 40. She's had a couple of kids. It's, oh, man, she's really letting herself go. So looking at it, I think it's a little obscene. Same thing. I'm not going to petition. I'm not going to write an email or a letter to Safeway saying, hey, this, is, this isn't cool. Why are you calling your cheeses? But isn't sending such a weird message? 
Well, it's less fat, so obviously this is the female cheese. Monterey Jack, oh, that's a masculine full-fat cheese. Monterey Jill, that's going to be the slimmer, sexier version of Monterey Jack because it's less fat. I just think it sends a weird message, and uh, I think the male-female example is pretty accurate. Guys put on weight, and it's just like, eh, well, whatever, a woman puts on weight. Not regarded with nearly the same acceptance as uh, when men put on weight. So there we go. Anyway, I've seen a decent amount of television, way more than I normally see when I'm at my place, uh, because my parents watch a lot of TV. They're retired, and there's, hey, man, it's thousands of HD channels. Why wouldn't you watch TV? They're the same as pretty much everyone else. They will have the TV on at most points during the day, and because they're home, it's, hey, why not? But they've been watching, and I'm not as disturbed by it as I would be about some other shows, but they've been watching Pawn Stars a lot lately. Which, it's on the History Channel, and I kind of get that part. And there may be some historical significance to certain things people are bringing in. There was actually, my mother was telling me, a person who brought in these tin Disney toys from, I don't know, the 20s, the third, early in the 20th century. Which, uh, my grandparents actually had some of those toys. They had them in a case in the basement in my grandmother's house growing up. My grandfather died when I was eight, so I, I always think of it as my grandmother's house. But... We can never touch them or play with them because they were these antique toys. <laughs> Pretty much, I'd say they're antiques. I mean, being 60, 70 years old at the time, yeah, I'd, I'd call that antique. But we can never play with them. I saw them in these cases, and my mother said someone brought it in a handful of them. And one of the ones they had was Goofy, which was, I think it was Goofy with a like a drum or something, like a marching band drum, like strapped to his stomach with the sticks in his hand. And... They paid, like, the person who brought it in $600 or something like that for it. And it was missing an arm. But people sell parts, apparently, because, I guess, toy buffs, toy geeks, (laughs) vintage toy geeks, collect these things. And if, obviously, over the years, things may be a little worn or may start falling apart, people, I guess, sell the individual parts so they can piece it together and have something that's essentially the original toy. So that part was kind of interesting in as much as, oh, okay, people are bringing in old stuff, and it's cool to see that, and people bring in old war memorabilia or just random things like that. And I guess there are worse things you can watch on TV because they said at least this is interesting, but it's also because the characters, like it's a, a, I'm sure you're aware of Pawn Stars, but (laughs) the off chance you're not, it's a father, son, and then grandson who work there, and the grandson's dopey buddy or how he's made out to be on the show whether or not he is i mean that's reality shows everybody has a certain character to them so i i don't have a problem with the fact that they're watching it but it's just so random that they're so into the show that i i guess they're rerunning or about to kick off a new season this week or something i don't remember exactly i've tried to tune most of it out quite literally tune it out but they're just really in, oh no it's fascinating you got to see the stuff these people bring in and mm. I might watch it. I'm sure I'm going to end up catching an episode or two while I'm home because I'm still here for another week plus. But uh, I just don't want to fall down that rabbit hole of watching too much, especially reality TV, just because I feel there's it's it's too much like candy where it feels good in the moment. And then later on, you're going to say, oh, man, this this was nothing but empty calories. This did me no good. <laughs> so one uh, bit of advertising, though, that did take me by surprise, which I didn't see on TV. I saw on the internet because one of my teachers from my days at MI posted it because he's he teaches business courses and marketing and all that. I think this is brilliant. 
I'm sure I'm way behind on this. This probably this could have been last year's ad campaign for all I know. But the Kmart ad campaign where the the whole slogan is ship my pants. Ship with a P, obviously. As in you could go to the store and purchase something and they will ship it to you. And it's they people all around the store and it's look it up if you haven't seen it because it is hilarious. But and like I said, I don't know if they're showing them on TV because that's probably a little bit too close to misinterpretation. Maybe they are if they are great, but I think because of the internet age, it's the only way you could even consider something like that is on TV. Then again, there are, there are way worse things on TV than somebody using ship instead of the crude alternative. But it's, the commercial is actually pretty funny. It's like an old man. Oh, I shipped my bed too <laughs> last week or something. I forget what it was. Really funny ad campaign though that. I, see, I think that's great. Especially you like it because it might be a little silly to say that it's edgy. But it's funny that something like that, there's a store that's basing an ad campaign off of what could be a slight misinterpretation of a word, which it is. If you listen to it quickly, it's like, what? They said, what What their pants? So look up those commercials. Do yourself a favor, because it is funny. If you find something like that funny, which you know what? I do. But if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. It actually is clever, at least to me. I'm happy to see that a piece of advertising that's that clever exists. Okay, so to wind down the show... I'm going to, as I said, I wanted to do, recommend something in each episode. And in this case, I'm going to recommend a band who I mentioned earlier, Gravedigger. If you like heavy metal, particularly what some would probably call Dungeons and Dragons heavy metal, in as much as all the lyrics are very much based on fantasy, check out Gravedigger. The CD I actually picked up that I was referring to earlier was Masterpieces, which is from about 10 years ago. They've done more stuff since. They're still an active band, but... I checked this out so that because I'd heard um, a recent track. They put out an EP within the last year or so, and it was recommended through Amazon because I purchased a Running Wild CD from a few years ago, and it popped up. You know, customers also purchased these things, and I saw. I was like, huh, Gravedigger. The cover looks cool. <laughs> it's almost that thing. I've talked about this in the past on, on various uh, music-centric shows of the only podcast that matters, but sometimes you look at the cover of something and think, I'm going to pick that up, particularly if you're in a record store, and Looking on a site like Amazon, it's, oh, that cover looks cool. Let me see what the band sounds like. And they sounded really cool, kind of in the realm of bands like Running Wild or Hammerfall or Primal Fear. A kind of fist-in-the-air, proud-to-be-a-headbanger metal music. And, and this, like I said, is kind of fantasy-ish in as much as their songs like Witch Hunter, Ballad of Mary, Queen of Scots, Excalibur. You get the idea. It's going to be period metal, maybe you'd call it, but... If you like heavy metal, like the bands I mentioned earlier, then check out Gravedigger. As far as movies go, I'm actually going to give you one of them, too. Uh, sadly, on May 20th, Ray Manzarek, keyboardist of The Doors, died, which was a shame. I revisited The Doors a few years ago because the father of one of my ex-girlfriends was really one of his favorite bands, and we listened to a bunch of stuff. I mean, there, it was his favorite bands were Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, the Beach Boys, and The Doors. So we spent a lot of time listening to a bunch of old music, and I would pick out Stairway to Heaven on the guitar for him and all that other stuff. But I kind of revisited The Doors after having not really listened to them too much since probably high school. In my first band, I know we, we were going to play a few songs of theirs. We didn't have a keyboard player, though. We had two guitar players, a bass player, and a drummer. So I don't know how the hell we were going to do Doors songs. But my first drummer was really into them. And wanted to do songs like Roadhouse Blues and things like that. And I thought, oh, that might be kind of cool. We never actually did them. But that's when I was kind of got more into The Doors. And then fast forward to 
2008-ish and really revisited them. So in the last few years, I have been digging into the doors a bit more. And I do like the majority of their stuff, except the Soft Parade album I'm not crazy about. Just uh, it kind of strayed a little bit too far away from rock and roll for me. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's I prefer the other stuff more than I do that particular album. But if you have Netflix, or even if you don't, if you have a video store near you, which is crazy, or you just want to plunk down a couple of bucks because I said so, check out the When You're Strange documentary. When You're Strange is the name of it. It's from 2010. Of course, all the surviving doors are involved in it. And it's a look at the band's crazy career, which is so funny because you don't get that so much anymore, especially with being as inundated as we are with... Of course, Beyonce and Justin Bieber and all these people. Everybody whose popular music is in the news and in your face so much. But when you look at a band like The Doors, who only released records between 1967 and 1971, put out six albums in a period of a couple years, and that was it, and made such an impact in such a short amount of time. When you think about how long it's been, I mean, and geez, at this point, Justin Bieber's been out for about six years. Was his first CD like 2009-ish or 2010, maybe? I mean, as far as pop culture goes, yeah, sure. He's got a certain degree of notoriety, but I don't think he's made the lasting impact that a band like The Doors has. So check out When You're Strange. Like I said, currently on Netflix. And uh, also, you, you'll be introduced to some of the songs. I mean, everybody knows a couple of Door songs. Everyone knows Break On Through the Other Side, Light My Fire, Hello, I Love You. You know songs from the Doors, Roadhouse Blues. You know plenty of them. But I say check out that documentary again and uh, listen to the band again because, unfortunately, one of those times when someone dies, when a famous musician dies, is when people revisit their catalog. I mean, look, Michael Jackson's a prime example. Those <laughs> albums were so hard to come by after he died. Meanwhile, everybody probably already owned them, but nonetheless, it's sad that that's the time we kind of revisit things, but definitely check out The Doors again. And actually, John Densmore, the drummer, is putting out a book, too, as well, which I think it comes out, maybe it did come out already. It may have come out this month or comes out in June. That's probably worth looking into. All of them have done, well, I should say, Robbie Krieger and Ray Manzarek put out books about their experience in The Doors, which I'm sure they're fascinating, because like I said, having such a huge career in such a short span of time and left their mark to the point where here we are almost 50 years later, 45 plus years later, and the door songs still get played. The albums thankfully have been reissued recently. At least LA woman had a two disc affair come out and you know what? Definitely worth listening to and checking out again. And if you haven't seen the documentary, when you're strange, check that out. So there you go. Grave digger masterpieces. If you're on the heavy metal side, and if you're not up to date on some of your, classic rock check out the doors when they're strange and then go dip into their catalogs all right so that about does it from the first new jersey broadcast of cape and yet another solo show with chris <laughs> probably depending on the availability of other people there will be more chat oriented shows like i did with rick scary two weeks ago and ryan gabriel a few weeks before that uh, it all depends when people are available, honestly. All the people I want to talk to are working musicians or actors or whatever, people I want to sit down and chat with. So these solo shows might be more frequent, but I'm rarely at a loss to find something to yammer on about. So here we go. And naturally, don't forget to check out the only podcast that matters. I will still be on the show pretty much every other week as we're getting a bunch more shows done now. Did two, three already. And they're hilarious. So 
Subscribe to the show on iTunes or through Stitcher or BlackBerry Podcast Beyond Pod. Check out the home of theonlypodcast.com where actually Jack DeFranco is writing movie reviews for all the summer movies he's seeing, and he's basically seeing all of them. So check that out. He has a column called Lights, Camera, Jackson. Go see what he has to say about movies. Chances are he'll think they're fantastic. But anyway, hope you've enjoyed listening to this last hour with me. Subscribe to Cristobal's Podcast Experiment on iTunes. Give it five stars and none less. Write a little review. And of course, I welcome your feedback. Tweet the show at Cape Pod. Like Cristobal's Podcast Experiment on Facebook. And you can email the show at capethepodcast at gmail.com. Especially let me know what you think of these shows and me just sitting and kind of ranting. So... Until next time, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment. <laughs>